Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to this quick roundup of this week's Raw. We've got so much to go through. We need to talk about the massive talking point that is Austin Theory. Austin Theory has really shown himself uh, to be a lot more vicious than what we thought, a lot more focused than what we thought. And uh, obviously last week's failed cash-in having a big effect on his mentality and the way that he is carrying himself as we move forwards. Uh, the show began with Seth. He was talking about last week's cash-in. The crowd chanted, that was stupid. So uh, the crowd making their feelings known. This would bring down Bobby. This would bring down Ali. There wasn't really much of a promo here from Seth. And uh, we went straight into a match between Bobby and Ali. Uh, Bobby would get a bit of a squash win. I feel sorry for Ali. He doesn't seem to have much in the way of momentum. And uh, this was very comfortable for Bobby Lashley. He got the hurt lock applied, got the victory. And uh, that was pretty much the first 20 minutes of the show. We went backstage. We got to see Mia Yim in her uh, goggles. It made me think a lot of steampunk Becky Lynch when she used to come out with goggles. Um, but I do like this. I think Mia joining up with the OC has been very good. It's been very good for the OC. Obviously, it's been good for Mia Yim uh, because uh, she wasn't even in WWE, but they've brought her in. Uh, I think she works well with these guys. I think I would like to see her in red and black. Like, I don't know why she was in blue. Like, I feel like she needs to have the same kind of color scheme as the OC. So uh, I don't know if she's going to be with them long term or if it's just to help with their rear problem. Uh, if it is long-term, then, as I said, hopefully she can get more in sync with uh, the OC color scheme. I don't know if it was here or later, but AJ issues a challenge to Finn Balor at Survivor Series, and uh, we would hear if Balor would accept that later in the show. We went to our first Mia Yim match on the main roster, I think she did have a match when she was reckoning. But uh, as Mia Yim, here she is pinning Tamina. Uh, fairly straightforward. Um, there was a little bit of back and forth, but uh, fairly straightforward. Fairly comfortable, this, for Mia Yim. Uh, I must say, like, there was a couple of moments in the match I wanted her to, like, really lay it in a little bit more. If she is the answer to the real problem, she needs to be presented as a real badass so when she hits the ropes, she needs to hit the ropes. When she throws a strike, she needs to really make it look good. I feel like uh, what we saw in this match was her operating at around about a seven. Like she needs to be turning everything up to 11. So um, yeah, first match. We'll see where it goes from here. But um, she got the win over Tamina. Rhea Ripley was... Uh, making moves. Uh, she came down to watch. Looked like she was about to come in. The crowds were actually chanting for Rhea, which is a little bit of a problem considering she's the heel. But uh, she decided against getting into the ring and uh, ended up walking away with the crowd booing. Backstage, we saw Riddle. He was saying that he's now in a band with Elias. So I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if Elias knows that or not. But uh, we saw a lot of this, actually. We saw a lot of backstage segments that then set up a match. 
So we got this backstage segment, and not long after, we would get the match. We would get Riddle versus Gable, and they kept doing that. They kept using these little backstage segments just before the matches to kind of explain why we're getting the matches. In truth, I think this match was announced before Raw anyway, but uh, it was just something we saw quite a bit of throughout the evening. Uh, we also saw Damage Control trying to convince Mia Yim to join their team. They wanted her as a member. Uh, we would get an answer on that. She said she would think about it. We got an answer later in the show. We then went to that Riddle and uh, Chad Gable match. Chad here, you can see, rolling, backslide, getting a, a pin on Riddle. Otis would grab the legs of Chad, and uh, this would result in a victory for Chad Gable. So clearly, Riddle is going to be unhappy with this. So I'm guessing we'll see a rematch of some sorts next week. Backstage, we got a segment with uh, Poker, with uh, JBL and Corbin. They were taking on just random people and beating them and taking their money. That's when Akira Tozawa, of all people, sat down and said that he wanted to play. JBL said, have you ever played before? Akira said, no. And JBL was like, well, your money is very good here. So JBL was up for uh, taking advantage of Akira Tozawa. Then we went to the Miz uh, segment. This was interesting. He said that he regrets uh, paying Dexter, but he just wanted empathy and that Dexter got too greedy. And that's what happened. Uh, he also said that he'd been in bed, uh, like crying, depressed all weekend. Johnny Gagano came down. He was like, you've been vacation this weekend. It's all over Instagram. It's another lie that you're telling. So Johnny came out once more to call out The Miz and uh, say that he is basically a compulsive liar. He called him Mr. Rogers because of the cardigan that he was uh, wearing. Uh, Miz just kept saying that he was sorry, but he was doing it in a way that kind of made him seem like he really wasn't sorry. And uh, basically, Johnny said, well, look, we're going to get this sorted. In two weeks' time, it's going to be you versus Dexter. If Dexter wins, uh, then not only does The Miz have to pay him, but Dexter gets a WWE contract. That's when someone came into the ring. It was a cameraman started to uh, obviously take off his hat and his mask. And of course, it was Dexter Loomis and The Miz ran away. Then we got a backstage segment. This was pretty funny because it took me a minute just to realize what was going on with the door because there's a door, but both Dominic and Damian Priest just walked around it. Like that door seemingly was the most pointless door in the world. But uh, I think there is maybe like a shutter or something that maybe comes down next to it. I think there is like some sort of wall that can be introduced in its current form. That door is absolutely irrelevant. So I must admit I was paying more attention to the door than I was this little confrontation. What I did see from this confrontation, though, was that Shelton was issued a challenge by Dominic. Uh, Damian Priest then stepped in. Dominic got very confident standing behind Damien. Damien uh, said that, you know, this should, you should have a match. Uh, Shelton said, I will have a match, but it's going to be with Dominic. So 
Dominic, I think, was hoping that Damien was going to be the one to have the match. It didn't quite go that way. This was fun. But in all fairness, I was massively distracted by the door. Uh, went to the match, as we said earlier. They were doing a lot of these backstage segments that then lead straight into matches. Uh, to be honest, I think it's just a way of making matches that maybe aren't that appetizing a little more appetizing. Like if someone said to you before Raw began that Dominic was going to take on Shelton Benjamin, I, I don't know how excited people would have been. So I think they're trying to make these maybe less appetizing matches a little more appetizing. Of course, uh, Damian Priest uh, provides a distraction that allows Dominic Mysterio to get the win. Now, this is the talking point. Austin Theory is the talking point from tonight. He cashed in or tried to cash in uh, last week, successfully uh, tried but failed to cash in for the United States Championship. He, um, I mean, there's so much to unpack here. It's such a stupid cash in. Cashing in on a mid-card championship, there's just no explaining it. And to be honest, he didn't explain it. What he said, his delivery here was very good, but what he actually said was nonsense. Uh, he said that uh, no one understands the pressure that he's under. He was touted as being the next big thing, but he became the face of the franchise. Uh, he said the world wants to see him fail, but he feels more alive now than ever before and that the Money in the Bank briefcase was an anchor and it was weighing him down. He then went into saying how Roman Reigns is unstoppable. So he went after one of the best champions in the company. Now, my my thoughts on this, the delivery was fantastic. The, he delivered it like with confidence. It was gripping. It was compelling. This segment is really good. It's just I have a problem with what he's saying because he has won money in the bank and then tried to cash it in on a mid-card belt. There is no way that you can explain or make that a good idea. You can't spin it and make it seem like, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. It doesn't make sense. It's a mid-card title. Um, his explanation is, I've already tried to cash in on Roman, and I can't succeed in doing that. But the point I made on the watch-along is he still had six months, and Roman could get injured and be forced to vacate the belts. Austin Theory doesn't know if that's going to happen. Plus also, Austin Theory has got no idea if Roman's going to have both belts in six months' time. Easily one of those could be dropped at some point. You know, who knows? Maybe Roman has got to defend uh, one of the titles in the Royal Rumble and is given the number one number. So, you know, there could, there's so many things that can happen between now and the next Money in the Bank pay-per-view. The idea that Austin Theory just ran out of patience and has tried a few times and hasn't succeeded, I, I just think is not a good look for him. It's not a good look. That that impatience, that the idea that, well, I can't get past Roman at the moment, so I'll just cash in on a mid-card belt that I've had before. Like, if that is the best explanation, I think it's pretty weak. I think it's pretty weak. So, wasn't feeling what he was saying, but I was certainly feeling the delivery. And uh, if we just put that to one side now, because it's in the past, it happened, it's last week, it's done, it's dusted. And we just look at what happened after. What happened after was brilliant. The match, 
And what happens in the main event? Brilliant. That is the big talking point. So uh, confronting him was Dolph. Dolph came in and said, worst cash-in ever. And I should know because I've got the best one. And in all fairness, I do love Dolph's cash-in. Uh, whether it's better than Seth's is very, very debatable. But um, yeah, this was interesting. This obviously built towards a match. Uh, we also got uh, clarifications on the War Games rules. So two teams will be contained in cages. One member of each team starts the match. After five minutes, a member from the advantaged team will be released and they will enter the match. After a three-minute period, alternating members will enter into the cage once all competitors are inside that's when war games begins the only way to win the match is pinfall or submission so if you've watched nxt it is the same rules uh then we got eo sky taking on dana brooke and it was a very comfortable win this for eo sky and in all fairness it should have been a comfortable win so that went the way it should go then we got Mia Yim come out saying that she has decided to be part of the War Games match, but just not on Bailey's team. So out came Bianca, out came Alexa, out came Asuka. So uh, Mia Yim is now on Bianca's team. I was looking to see if there was any uh, interruptions by Bray here because this is the first time we saw Alexa tonight, but there there wasn't there wasn't any interruptions at all. Then uh, we saw that Akira Tozawa was winning at poker. And uh, you can see how dejected JBL and Baron Corbin were. This obviously, again, built to a match. Um, but it was a bit of fun. Definitely had shades of the APA. This match is the highlight of the show for me. There were this is awesome chants during this. You had Theory screaming at Dolph Ziggler. Um, he, it, there was no phone uh, that he was using. There was no selfies. He was very focused. This is a different presentation of Austin Theory. This is an Austin Theory that is embarrassed. This is an Austin Theory that is hurting. This is an Austin Theory that has snapped. And this was by far the best part of the show. Um, he hurls Dolph into the ring post um, he gets him into a position where he's winning. And then, um, as I said, I mean, look at that. He's like literally spit. He's foaming at the mouth. That's how angry he is. He hits two A-Town downs. So not one, but two. And even then he doesn't go for the pin. He starts throwing big power shots on Dolph. Um, he then goes over into the timekeeper's area. You can see him screaming at Dolph, he hurls chairs at Dolph. They have to get officials down. They have to literally drag him away. He does eventually walk off. And as he's walking off, he says, I'm not a damn kid. I'm all day. And uh, clearly, he is uh, embarrassed and hurting from last week. If last week's cash-in was not ideal, uh, the response this week has been as good as you could have asked for. So brilliant, brilliant segment. Then we saw Rhea Ripley saying, if Mia Yim is going to be on Team Bianca, I am going to be joining up with you guys. So Rhea Ripley has joined uh, Damage Control for their War Games match. Uh, Nikki Cross was like climbed up that thing in the background. It's some kind of shelving unit or tower of some kind. 
She was looking up at the skies. There's a few theories as to why she keeps looking up at the skies. Um, nothing here, Bray. Again, I didn't see anything on this show that was Bray. But um, yeah, Nikki Cross being uh, a bit unhinged as usual. Uh, Baron Corbin won his match against Akira Tozawa. Uh, Akira actually got a fair bit of offense in, in all fairness to him. Uh, certainly not a bad performance by Akira Tozawa, but uh, Baron Corbin picking up the win. Backstage, we asked uh, Bianca how she thought or what she thought about Rhea joining. She said, well, Rhea is a problem. Um, just kind of saying that she's very happy with the team she's got at the moment. Um, yeah, again, just looking for Bray uh, and like the graphic anywhere. Couldn't spot anything. There really wasn't anything here for Asuka and Alexa to do, to be honest. They were very much like afterthoughts. Uh, this segment would then go on to seeing Seth being interviewed and Alpha Academy being interviewed. Wasn't really a great deal to take from this. Uh, Finn Balor was interviewed just before he went out, said that he accepted a J-Styles Survivor Series challenge. So that was interesting. And then uh, he went out to the ring. Uh, this just turned into a mass brawl. The, the match, the main event match was pretty good. I didn't think it was better than Theory and Dolph. But uh, we did get Seth getting the pin on Finn. Uh, thanks to outside interference, Finn was about to hit coup de grace. AJ Styles got involved. There was a big Judgment Day OC brawl. Loads of things going on, as you would imagine. Uh, the end result is that Seth Rollins retained. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Austin Theory attacks. Austin Theory attacks Seth Rollins, uh, punts him in the head and beats him up, uh, gets the championship belt, smacks him in the face uh, and stands over him with that United States championship. So it doesn't seem like Theory has moved away from the United States championship. Seems like uh, he's going to try and have a match for it. And uh, I'm sure Seth will grant that match. Maybe we get it at Survivor Series. But uh, the big talking point tonight, without a shadow of a doubt, is not only the little uh, developments regarding Survivor Series, but the presentation of Austin Theory. Austin Theory has snapped. And that is going to be a big, big problem for the WWE roster. Let me know your thoughts of this week's Raw uh, down in the comments below. Uh, I would say that it was fairly solid. I think uh, it really got going when we got to the Austin Theory part of the show. I, I would give this a 6.75. I feel like that is very fair. I think the first part of the show is actually quite slow, a little bit flat, but I think it really picks up when we get to Austin Theory. Main event was really good as well. There are some developments regarding Survivor Series, um, but I think this was by and large fairly average. So uh, for me, I'll be going with a six, seven, five. Bye for now.